Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham and today I'm on my own. Carlos Silva is out in Oklahoma City covering the Big 12 tournament where Texas Tech is trying to make a run. And you can read all about that on RedRaiders.com. But I'm on LoneStarVarsity.com and we've got a busy week too. It's deep round softball and baseball playoffs. Softball's in the regional championship segment of its playoff schedule. One, one series away from advancing the four teams to the state tournament. Baseball just a week behind as uh, everyone's in the uh, regional semifinal round. And later on in the show, we're going to talk to two baseball coaches. One is Steve Biera from Shallow Water. His team's getting ready for Peaster. They'll play that series at Abilene Christian University. And then Denver City, they're also going to Abilene Christian University, and they'll take on a 26-1 and godly team. And we'll hear all about uh, what Chris, Coach Chris Gonzalez is expecting from that godly squad coming from the eastern side of the state. But before we dive into that, we're going to take a look at softball, as, as that's more pressing regional championship round. We've got Coronado going up against Fort Worth Arlington Heights. Arlington Heights is a 29 and 1 team. Coronado is 26 and 13. What a story it would be if the Lady Mustangs got by this Arlington Heights team that I think a lot of people tabbed as the regional favorite heading into the postseason. Their games will be played at Abilene Christian University. Game one is at 7.30 p.m. Thursday. Game two, 2 p.m. Saturday after they break for graduation on Friday night. And then game three will follow game two after 30 minutes if it is necessary. Borden County, they've also punched their ticket to the state tournament. They have one less round in their 1A segment. They are in. They'll go to Mary Hardin Baylor in Central Texas to play their semifinal game. And if they advance out there, they'll go to Red McCombs Field and, and join the 2A through 6A groupings uh, in the state tournament setting the next day for their state championship. Uh, if you want to hear about Coronado and their run uh, on the softball side, we've got an article on LoneStarVarsity.com and an interview with Coach Nancy Sawyers that's available on YouTube that you can access from going and reading the article on LoneStarVarsity.com. So moving on into baseball, quite a week, lots of teams alive, and you'll notice a common trend. All these games seem to be played at Abilene Christian University. Uh, it's going to be a great week if, if you're uh, working for the Wildcats uh, athletic staff. And up first, we'll start with our 5A team, Lubbock Cooper, which finished second in District 4 5A. They're moving on. They're taking on Fort Worth VR Eaton, a new school. We talked to Brad Winchie earlier in the week. You can find his thoughts on VR Eaton if you go to LoneStarVarsity.com and check out the Looking Ahead article. But they're going to play Friday and Saturday. 7 p.m. Friday will be game one. Game two will be 10 a.m. Saturday and game three will follow 30 minutes after game two if it is necessary. And then in 4A, don't want to get into this too much because we'll come back to it, but it's Denver City versus Godley. Game one will be 8.30 p.m. Thursday at Abilene Christian University. They'll come back to Abilene Christian University for game two, 3 p.m. Saturday. And uh, game three will follow 30 minutes after game two if it is necessary. Shallowwater Peaster, also don't want to get too much into it, but that's going to be a heck of a series. Game one, 6 p.m. Thursday at Abilene Christian University. We'll come back and play game two at 10 a.m. Friday, and game three will follow 30 minutes after game two if it is necessary. New Deal versus De Leon. And we also got to talk to uh, Coach Jason Ibarra from, from the Lions about De Leon, which is a very solid team, 23-2, and two, whereas New Deal is 26-3. Game one, noon Friday 
at McMurray University, and then they'll travel up to Snyder High School for the remainder of their series. Game two will be noon Saturday, and game three will be after game two. And then one more, and this is more local, if you don't want to head down to Abilene to see your favorite team play, this should be a very good series. It's New Home versus Borden County. New Home, 13-9, and nine, Borden County, 11-5. and five. And they will be playing all around Lubbock. Uh, 6 p.m. Thursday will be their first game. It'll be at Coronado High School. Then they'll return Saturday for game two and perhaps game three. Game two will be played at 4 p.m. Saturday at Lubbock Christian University with the third game following 30 minutes after. So now we've got all that down. We'll talk to uh, Steve Biera from Shallow Water in just a minute. His team is 32-3 and three going up against Peaster, 24-5. and five. Peaster hasn't lost a postseason game all year. Shallow Water only won and has definitely earned some respect. Uh, I think that they might even be the team of the year. So we'll bring in Coach Steve Biera. All right, joining me now is Shallow Water head coach Steve Biera. And, and Coach, obviously it's been a really impressive run for the Mustangs so far, 32-3. and three. Going up against a really good Peaster team, though, 24-5. and five. All these games are going to be played at Abilene Christian uh, University this weekend. I mean, just tell me about your excitement level about this, to, to be this deep. You know, you've accomplished a lot this season just to be in the regional semifinal round, regardless of the opponent? You know, it goes back to, to, to last year. You know, the kids are determined to, to do better, and um, they've proven that to the point right now where, you know, this, this season's been, been a lot better. You know, they've uh, busted their butt, you know, since, since uh, you know, since we, we got beat last year in the, in the area round game against Presidio. And, and uh, you know, they've got a goal and a mission, and, and – and, uh, they're on track, you know. Like I told them the other day, you know, uh, baseball's a baseball's a game of, of of who plays well on certain days, and and they've been playing well, you know, since the beginning of the year. So I just told them they just got to keep plugging in and keep doing what they do. You've got a team that's only lost one game in the postseason, um, and and Peaster is is uh, unbeaten. But first, let's just talk talk about your team and uh, what's been going right for you guys since you got into the postseason. You know. Didn't seem like you were pushed that hard in, in district play. And I mean, no disrespect to those teams, but um, I mean, I guess what made what forged all into the team that you are that you could go into the postseason and, and only drop one game through the first uh, three rounds of it. You know, uh, you know, we, we've talked about our non-district schedule, and we've always talked about it being a being just just treacherous. You know, it's uh, it's a deal where we're in three tournaments at the start of the year. We're playing uh, some really good baseball teams that are out here on the South Plains and, and from all around, and uh, you know that's really it's kind of really kind of really got us going was our non-district schedule, and uh, you know our district schedule was Idaho and everybody else is in there. You know it, it, it was kind of a you know it was an old fight. Uh, I wouldn't say it was just kind of something easy, but it, it was something that we had to get used to and, and we had to see. And and uh, once we got out of district, you know we we ended up catching a good River Road team, a really young team, and. Uh, I guess the second round we ended up getting Ballinger, and, and uh, you know Ballinger, you know pretty much put, pushed us to, to complete games, and, and uh, you know made us dig a little bit deeper and, and, and pull out what we needed to do to, to win that ball game. So Peaster is a team, you know, not not far off from you record wise. I'm wondering, have you talked to any of the other coaches that have faced them, and, and what are the scouting uh, reports on on this team? 
you know, uh, you know, the scouting report I got from some of the coaches, and, and you know, there's not a lot out there. But, but you know, uh, just talking and talking in the coaching world. Uh, uh, you know, I've got two really good pitchers. You know, they're 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 uh, mid eighties. Uh, you know, one of them, one of them may throw harder one day than the other. The other may throw harder than the other day. Uh, you know, I think when one's on the other, one's, it may not be on, but the one vice versa. You know, I I think uh, you know they're pretty dangerous. Uh, they they uh, they can pitch a little bit. Uh, they, they can swing it. You know, they're they're in a big district. I think an eighteen district. And it, it's a tough district. It's got a lot of tradition. In it. They're in with Brock and and Breckenridge and uh, Cisco, and these are all teams that we face, you know, about this time, you know, so uh, uh, they play some good baseball out there. This series will be played 6 p.m. Thursday, 10 a.m. Friday um, will be game two, and then game three will be 30 minutes after game two if it is necessary. And I'm wondering how you decide who you're going to go with on the mound uh, for games one and in game two, you know, there, there seem to be differing philosophies between coaches where the ace pitcher goes. Is he out? Is he, is he meant to win you the first game and give you the leg up? Or is he there to defend you and p- perhaps clinch the series in, in game two? What is your approach when, when you're deciding what pitcher goes where in a three-game postseason series? Well, you know, it's kind of a pitch and thing for us. You know, we, we don't want to show our cards early or keep our cards or anything like that. But it's just kind of one of them deals where we, uh, you know, we, we, we – the minute we advance from the following week, we start talking about it and kind of get an idea of where we need to be. You know, uh, uh, who matches up well with who and, and uh, who we think they're going to throw. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we've done it both ways. We've gone the traditional way, but the one goes first and, and the two goes second. But then we've also done it where, you know, we, we got two good guys at any point are number one for us. And then let's just name drop some some players. Can you tell me about who you think has been performing well in the playoffs and, and who you're going to need in, in this particular round? I think he's playing well right now. He's, he's seeing the ball and he's pitching the ball real well. Uh, I think he's done a good job of mixing his pitches and, and keeping people off balance. Uh, he's also done a good job at the plate. You know, two home runs last, last week. Um I don't know how many RBIs he had, but he had a good good day at the plate on uh, on Friday last week. Uh, Zach Aragon's in the ball hard. Brody Hendricks been a been a good leadoff. Uh, uh, Ty Jackson pitches well. Uh, Jaden Salcedo's been pretty stout behind the plate. Uh, Tyler Williams is is done a good job uh, playing third base and also hitting the two hole. Uh, Cutter Sparks, you know, he, he's he's a quarterback from last year's football team. Hunter's done a great job of uh, being in the, in the six-hole. Uh, Drew Wood has been playing well, you know, with the bat and also playing at the uh, at first base. Uh, defensively, he's been pretty solid this year. Uh, Lake Carter's been solid at the end right. Uh, you know, our, our outfield so fast. You know, I, you know we, we, we got some of the fastest guys out there that we, we saw that we can cover a lot of ground and we can get to a lot of balls that, that would normally drop in for base hits. That, but we stop, uh, you know, outfitters have, have uh, held runners from advancing. So uh, that, that's smart on their part. Uh, you know, I, you know anywhere from the guys that are out there to the guys that are on, on deck or on, on the bench, these guys have all kind of played a part in what we're doing right now to make it successful. 
And then last question, it, it seems like every single baseball team from the Lubbock area is playing a game at Abilene Christian or McMurray University, and I'm sure that's a great reward for all of them to, to go experience collegiate diamonds. And I, I'm wondering, I guess, when, when it's when it's a, a stadium like that, how, how do you keep your guys focused? And, and um, does that make sense? How, how do you keep them focused when they, when they go to a big-time venue? You know, I, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, you know, Coach, I'm, I'm literal. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I, I ended up playing ball at Abilene Christian back in, in the 90s. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, I, I kind of, that stadium kind of, kind of, it kind of means a lot to me to play there. So uh, it's kind of neat to get an opportunity to, to jump out there and play. And, and when I played, it was, it was grass and now it's all turf. So it's, it's kind of a neat situation. Kind of like a home, home, home coast. I mean, man, it's pretty neat. But, uh, you know the kids are excited about it. They, they you know, a lot of, you know, travel summer ball and been out there and, and seen stadiums and, and uh, you know, I mean, it's just kind of a central location where everything's located and, and uh, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, you know, they think about it much until they get there and they see how really nice it is and, and, and you know, they really keep things in check. Uh, that's kind of what we try to do in our in our off season is we try to go to a couple tournaments and really have good facilities so we can kind of get the. Get the Google eyes out, and, and, and uh, um, not really, uh, not really, um, you know, have big eyes when we get there. He's Coach Steve Vieira from Shallow Water. Coach, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Best of luck down there. Moving on to Class 4A, the 1-4A regional semifinal round. You've got Denver City and Godley. Denver City 21-14-1, Godley 26-1. It's going to be a big test for the Mustangs. But they've looked pretty good. They had to battle in District 2-4A against Leveland and Estacado, finished third in that league, and they think that their experiences have helped them. So we'll bring in Coach Chris Gonzalez from the Mustangs to talk about his regional semifinal round series at Abilene Christian University. All right, and now I'm joined by Denver City skipper Coach Chris Gonzalez. Hey, Coach, welcome in, and, and thank you very much for taking the time with me. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. So here we are in the regional semifinal round. The Mustangs, 21-14-1, going up against Godley, 26-1. All these games will be played at Abilene Christian University. And I guess first, just can you walk me through the emotions that that your team is experiencing right now? Um, Well, the emotions, man, they're beyond belief right now. Um, You know, I inherited a a good group of kids and – you know, talent-wise, they're they're very they're very talented, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where you know we're all we're all riding on cloud nine right now. Um, you know, it's just you know beyond blessed to be here in, in a in a town where <clears throat> kids are so passionate about playing the game of baseball. This is a this is a. I mean, you came out of a district that that was kind of murderer's road. You know, Leveland and Estacado were, were very good, and you guys fought for your positioning all through the regular season. Can you tell me about how maybe those experiences helped you create this playoff run? Because, uh, as everyone knows, you're the last surviving team from District 2-4A. <clears throat> right, yeah. I mean, we were in a pretty tough district with Leveland, um, Estacado, La Mesa, you know, even Brownfield and Seminole, you know, they had their days where, you know, they, everybody would just come out and, and put the ball in play. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and as far as us, you know, Denver City, we had we had some trouble at the beginning, um, you know, where, you know, we'd have our good days where, 
you know, our bats were hot and, you know, we'd end up with about 10, 13 hits for the game and, and, and we'd come out victorious. Um, but, you know, we also had our moments where we would struggle, um, you know, against the opposing team and, <clears throat> you know, our, our bats kind of, you know, took a, a downside and, you know, defensive errors kind of killed us. But, um, you know, that tough district, you know, prepared us and, you know, we were able to play against Perryton in the first round. And, um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, being in that tough district, you know, all them losses, you know, we we learned something from it and just kept pushing forward. And, uh, you know, now we're, now we're at where we're at because of, you know, being in that tough district. I'm guessing that you think Godley is probably going to be the, the toughest challenge you guys have seen all season. I mean, the record speaks for themselves. Can you tell me about – going up against them and, and what your players are going to have to do to um, pull off two games from these guys? <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, Godly, I mean, you know, they're a heck of a ball club. And, uh, you know, I, I've been talking to my guys all week, you know, in, in order to be where we're at, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to have to do, or we're going to have to come up and rise to the challenge in order to, in order to beat Godly. I mean, they're, they're one of the best teams and that's usually what happens, you know, the farther that you get in the playoffs, um, the, the, you know, the better the programs are going to be. So, you know, I've just told my kids that, you know, you got to keep a level head, you know, remember that anything can happen in baseball. And, you know, despite their record, you know, if we, if we show up and do the things that we need to do, um, I think we'll be successful. Now, these games, they're going to be played game one, 8.30 p.m. on Thursday. Game two will be 3 p.m. Saturday. And game three will follow 30 minutes after game two if it's necessary, as it is a best-of-three series. Can you tell me about just your pitching decisions and, and how you're going to go about it? And do you feel like if the series goes three games, you've got a guy that can get you through game three, or will it be kind of patchwork pitching? Um, you know, if 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 we do get into that third, third game situation, um, you know, I, I, we've kind of already been through that, um, you know, in the past two rounds against Pecos and, and with Andrews, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I do have about, I do have about six kids on my pitching staff, um, you know, and, and I do have some kids that, you know, that, that I consider go-to guys, um, you know, Luis Rodriguez, which is, he's my number one pitcher, um, you know, he, more than likely he's going to start game two. Um, you know, I also have a kid by the name of David Blanco. You know, he's more of a, he's more of an off-speed kid. Um, he doesn't have much velocity, but you know, he does his job on the mound. Um, he can hit his spots, and uh, he's one of the kids that you know, if I'm in a situation to where I need somebody to help close out a game, I, I can count on that kid to come in and uh, you know. Throw, throw strikes and allow the team to hit the ball and our defensive, uh, you know, let our defensive guys, you know, back him up. Um, you know, going into game, game one, uh, we've been, we've been pitching Fernie Vega and, uh, you know, he's a sophomore and he does a heck of a job also. Um, you know, not too much on his velocity, but, you know, he, he'll, you know, he'll put the ball across the plate. You know, and he usually does a good job keeping them off balance. Um, 
you know, I also have Braden McGarry. Um, he's a junior, and you know, he he's got some velocity. Um, you know, and he can come down and and mow mold, mold people down. You know, with his with his fastball, <clears throat> and then you know, kind of keep keep them off balance with his curveball every now and then. Um, but yeah, as far as our as far as our approach, you know, in order to get into those three game series, well, you know, at least game one, we're going to treat it like it's the only game, and you know, we got to do whatever we can in order to get a victory um, for game one. And then, you know, when game two comes around, you know, I, I think if if we start our ace, which which, which again is Luis Rodriguez, um, I think I think he'll do a good job coming in. And you know, defensively, our kids work really well behind him. Um, and then if we do get into that three game series, uh, you know, we'll piece it together the way we have in the past, and you know, just hope for the best. Second to last question. Let's just do some name dropping beyond the pitching staff, uh, the the top fielders, top hitters, the players that have performed well, and who you're going to need to perform well uh, in this three game series. Um, you know, I have a, I have some pretty young guys on my team. Uh, my catcher, who's Mario Sanchez, um, you know, he really hasn't had much much uh, appearances at the plate. Um, we usually DH him and. Uh, you know, he's just a heck of an athlete, um, you know, but he does a real good job defensively, you know, catching for all of our pitchers. And, you know, he's even have a, he, he's even had a few uh, uh, pickoffs, you know, throwing down to second. Um, I also have Erlon Lozano. He's a freshman. He's came in. Uh, he's, play, he's playing second base for us. Um, we had our uh, – starting senior second baseman Ivan Villarreal um he's suffering from a torn UCL and uh you know unfortunately that's been you know that's that's been detrimental for us defensively and offensively because he he is a good he is a good uh he is a good hitter and a great defensive player but Erlon Lozano has stepped up you know and kind of taken charge of that second base position um I also have Irving Mihadis. Uh He's a junior. He's my third baseman. And, I mean, when he hits the ball, man, he hits it hard. And uh, defensively, he makes routine plays. Um, my center fielder, Michael Garcia, um, you know, he's a senior. He struggled He struggled during district play. But once we got things going in, in, in the playoffs, you know, his stick's coming around at the right moment. So, you know, that's helped us out as well. Um, you know, and, and right now, I mean, just I think everybody's coming around right now as far as putting the ball in play and hitting it hard, um, especially when the time arises. You know, we got we got guys on base, and you know that's 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 what's helping us out right there is being able to put the ball in play for a base hit in order to move the runner or you know score that RBI. And then finally, it's it's been a great year for the Denver City Athletics program as a whole. There hasn't been a bad team. Obviously, the girls, they went to the state semifinal round in, in basketball. And now here you guys are in the regional semifinal round, which is a really big deal. Can you tell me about how the community is reacting to how things have been this year and, and what kind of fan support you're receiving right now? You know, we got a lot of community support. Um, you know, baseball is usually one of those those sports that you know really doesn't get any support but you know i can say 
<clears throat> you know, the the town of Denver City is back in itself. You know, they show up and and uh, they watch our games. And you know, since we've been at playoffs, we've had we've had plenty of people come out and show support. You know, wearing their red and white. Um, you know, it's it, it's awesome to see how you know the community is coming around and and, and uh, supporting us 100. percent He's Coach Chris Gonzalez from Denver City. Coach, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Chris Gonzalez in Denver City. Good luck to those guys. Moving on, one final thing. wanted to tell you guys about some interesting opportunities that are coming up for high school football players in the area that have ambitions of moving on to the college football sphere. A couple of interesting camps coming up that are not going to be in the area but could be beneficial if you or your player have aspirations to move on to the collegiate game. And, and these camps are, are pretty interesting. Covered them a couple of times. Used to cover Texas Tech football recruiting, then went out to East Texas where a lot of these camps are, have taken place in the past. So kind of seen it from both ends. Very interesting. I remember when covering Texas Tech, they would bring in a lot of players from, from, for camps. You know, just an open enrollment policy. You paid like $50, and the coaching staff would nominally coach you, but they were also evaluating you to see if you would fit in with, with what they were trying to do. And without fail, seemed like every year, a couple of guys that the staff didn't know about before they showed up for the camp ended up with signing with the Red Raiders. Uh, and a couple of guys that I'm thinking of that, it, that are perfect case studies of this, Caleb Woodward and Quentin White. And while they didn't really pan out on the college level as much as they thought, they did get there. And uh, having education paid for is pretty nice. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of good players out here. You know, I'm thinking about Quay Gray from Coronado last year, Brylon Lawson Young. I think those guys could have been Division One players if people had known about them earlier in the process. And one way to get known is going to these camps. So without further ado, I'm going to list off some camps and the schools that will be attending these camps. On June 2nd, you've got East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas. That's far East Texas, nearly touching the Louisiana border. They're putting on a camp. They're a Division III school, but they've invited coaches from a wide variety of levels to come down and evaluate with them. So if you went to this camp, and let's say Texas will be there, which they will, and Texas doesn't like you, you could fall back to kind of the mid-major Division One level, where Louisiana Monroe will be there. And then if, you, if they don't like you, you fall back to the Division Two level or the Division Three level or the junior college level. There's just a bunch of opportunities to go and uh, get noticed. And this East Texas Baptist University camp on June 2nd in Marshall, Texas, they're going to have members of the coaching staff from Texas, Oregon, Arkansas, Houston, Arkansas State, Southern Miss, Texas State, Incarnate Word from San Antonio, Alcorn State, Northwestern State from Louisiana, East Texas Baptist, and Louisiana Monroe. They're, all those guys are going to have representatives. East Texas Baptist coaches will take the hands-on approach, coach the players up, but those guys are going to be in the background evaluating. Could be an interesting opportunity if you're willing to put a thousand miles round trip on your car. Once again, Marshall is about 500 miles away from here and touches the Louisiana border. On the same day, though, something slightly closer, I guess, June 2nd, Sam Houston State University. They're putting on a camp. Same thing. The Sam Houston State guys will be the ones that coach the kids. But in the background, evaluating will be coaching coaches from Memphis, Tulane, Utah, Arizona State, Penn State, Louisiana Monroe, Arkansas State, 
UCLA, Texas Tech, Washington State, Baylor, and Houston could be beneficial to go check out and see what the Bearcats are up to in Huntsville, Texas. Then on June 3rd, Texas State University is putting on a camp, and joining them will be Arizona, Colorado, and Stanford. And then June 7th, Texas State's putting on a second camp, and their guest at this one will be Ohio State, Texas, Houston, and they claim that there will be more coming. But camps are a big deal. I, I think that when you get into recruiting, it seems like players are getting recruited at a younger and younger age. You know, junior year used to be a really big deal. You know, you wanted a good film from your junior year, and you wanted people to take notice of you and have kind of that fanfare going for you into your senior year. But now it seems like it's dropped down even lower to, to sophomores. And I, I think if, if you're older than a sophomore or if you are a sophomore, camps can be really beneficial to get your name out there. And coaches can see you in person, evaluate your skills, and then maybe take the next step watching your video online and, and really taking a serious interest in you. Anyway, just a thought. Uh, those are the camps that are coming up around the state. We're going to wrap this podcast up now. I know it's gone pretty long. Really excited to get down to Abilene. I'll be covering Shallow Water and Denver City, maybe a couple of others. There's a lot of action there. Really looking forward to it. And the coverage will be on LoneStarVarsity.com.